Good morning. It's time to wake up, y'all. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central to 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central. Available on Google Android, Apple iPhone, Facebook Live, and Periscope Twitter. Tap that Armchair Quarterback's app. Take us anywhere you go. The Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for Southern Sports Talk. Good morning, Mr. Justin Waller. Good morning. I don't know much, but I know one thing. We've got four hours until a bowl game. Get your work done, folks. Hi, I'm Mac McGinn. I don't know much, but I know one thing. The best part of this Blake Snell trade, he's being interviewed again. And he's gone from Nam saying to the Padres are real swaggy. Can't wait to get there. They real swaggy. Can't wait to get there. Ah, 2021 is going to be fun to watch the San Diego Padres. Hey, George, did you buy that sweater knowing the red dot was on it because you could get it at a discount? What? Did I what? You did, didn't you? Elaine, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Here I go out in the spirit of the season and spend all my savings to buy you the most beautiful Christmas sweater I have ever seen to show my appreciation to you and Christmas, and this is the thanks I get at Christmas. Well, Jerry told me that you did. You told her? How could you tell her? I just swear by the friend of you. I didn't tell you, stupid idiot. She tricked you. <laughs> Elaine, you don't understand. I had 103 temperature when I bought that sweater. <laughs> I was so dizzy. I was seeing red dots everywhere. I thought everything in the store had a red dot on it. I, I couldn't distinguish one red dot from the other. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American Man. Hey, howdy, hi, top of the morning to you. Welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. I'm Mac McGee sitting alongside Justin Waller as always. And this morning, we got a special uh, guest, so to speak. He's normally not here until 730 Central, 8.30 Eastern. Man, I, I'm so used to talking to y'all on y'all's lingo. Now I'm on Central Time. Um, Sean O'Toole joins us early this morning. How are you, sir? I am doing fantastic, gentlemen. You stole my, I don't know much, but I know one thing because I saw, I woke up early this morning, turned on MLB Network, and there was our boy, No Regrets, doing doing his thing as only he can do. I, I love him so much. You know what I'm saying? They real swaggy. I was they like, real I swaggy. <laughs> I see the left side of his mouth curled up. He's like, you know, I was like, oh, God, I'm, I can't wait to watch Acuna bomb a 480-foot missile off your dumb head. He, uh, he, I think he was talking, I, I caught the tail end of it, so I really don't know who he was uh, talking to, but he was being interviewed by the MLB Network yesterday, and a third party came in, and I believe... It was the San Diego general manager, but I'm not sure. Yeah, Prowler. And yeah. he could not get his head wrapped around the fact that Prowler hadn't had much sleep over the last few days. And then when Prowler told him that he was on caffeine, he goes, well, then, then that's all good because, you know, he's like looking around like, no, like, like like this guy's meant to be popping pills on national television. I mean, oh, man. Oh, man. I can see why the Rays might have said, you might have plateaued. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> I can't I can't wait to watch Acuna, Swanson, Freddie Freeman, Ozzy Albies, everyone. Just the Dodgers. I can't wait to head. watch the Dodgers just pound him into dust. Oh, the Dodgers are gonna murder him. They I saw I, love a, it. I saw a stat yesterday 
uh, where they were bragging about the fact this is Padres bragging about the fact that he has a very good low ERA career wise versus the Dodgers I think 225 something like that 16 Ks per nine but it's extreme I went back and looked it's extremely small sample size it was the World Series game and then I think yep. there might have been one maybe two other outings and like yeah wait till wait till the Dodgers see him several times We'll just see, right? You know, Max Muncy's not going to keep swinging and missing when the when he when he knows, you know, you know what could be coming. So that that'll be a lot of fun. Justin, how are you this morning, sir? I'm doing great, Mac. And uh, yeah, I, I agree that uh, once you play through one full season of seeing the Dodgers and uh, more than just one or two games uh, throughout a season during interleague, uh, you're going to notice a huge difference in the ERA versus them. But uh, good luck with that, man. Uh, you know, especially Ian Anderson's got a pretty good one against the Yankees, but you know we're not going to sit here and just beat our chest about it and say, "Oh, he's a Yankee killer." It's it's really easy to have all that that high strikeout rate and low ERA when they pull you after two innings. So yeah, we'll, see, <laughs> we'll see what happens out there in San Diego when they expect you to get a little farther because because their bullpen isn't isn't quite up to stuff with the. But man, the, I mean the Rays. Well, I guess we'll get into this later on down the road. But the Rays are having a flat out fire sale. They they uh, traded one of their big bullpen pieces to the Phillies yesterday. This, this is going to be interesting to see who they actually keep. Uh, but somehow, I think I, I think the Rays will compete. I th- they, they just always do. I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, outside the Blake Snell thing, let's start the show off with this is the uh, annual armchair award. So we're uh, doing this a little different. Normally we do this on the 31st. But tomorrow you've got uh, Tony and Timus and a couple other guys stopping by. They're going to be talking the Gators and, and whatnot with us. So we're, we're going to do some stuff, but I decided to do the, the awards it today. It works out better. So before we get into the awards, uh, the question at hand today is to start off. Outside of Blake Snell, <laughs> what will be the one thing you will remember the most about this sports year? Uh, Justin, I'll start with you. The Atlanta Braves winning a postseason series times two. Uh, beating the Reds and the Marlins will go down. Well, it's been a long time. Uh, I think it was, what, 19 years? Uh, t- knocking in on 20. So uh, that, that's a memory, even as crazy as this year, that uh, I will never forget because hell, it might be dead before we do it again. Hope not, but uh, <laughs> who knows, man. <laughs> Sean, what say you? Uh, yeah, my happiest moment is actually going to come up again in the Can't Stand You Awards. So that's a little preview for everybody. So the one big sports, the one big sports story I'll remember the most from 2020 um, is just that the night the NBA stopped um, is one of the most surreal moments I've ever seen as a sports fan. And up to that point, the the pandemic was kind of like I was aware of it and and I was concerned about it, but it was also kind of at arm's reach. I wasn't as serious about it as we got over the next several weeks but the night the nba said you know gobert's tested positive and there were however many people there were in the stands at chesapeake energy arena and okc and they were like okay game's off everybody go home um and everything just came to a screeching halt that's something i'll never forget um i'm not gonna re-adjudicate uh the position of the nba or anything that happened afterwards but that's that's the one just if i close my eyes and think of polaroid snapshots that's the one moment where i'm like oh like you, they went live to Dallas, and Mark Cuban had his phone out 
and was you know talking to Rick Carlisle and saying saying you know we're we're done you know they're they're they canceled the game and that was when you know everything that that sucked this year became became a little bit more real for me so that's the one I'll remember most well mine was going to be something else but I think it might be I don't I'll always remember the the, the first time I heard Sean O'Toole uh, say re-adjudicate on the, uh, the armchair quarterbacks. <laughs> as, as all of our listeners are flipping through the phone, go, Google, what the hell? How, how do you spell that? <laughs> uh, I think my biggest remember is, is because it's going to, a lot of it will have to do with whether or not they keep it around. It doesn't really matter. It's going to be the fact that we'll always be able to earmark 2020 to all the rules that Major League Baseball implemented because of the of the of the pandemic. So we're talking about the DH of the National League, obviously, which I do believe that one will stick around after 2021. But it'll be interesting. Are we, are we going to keep the extra innings rules, the double headers, uh, seventh innings, or excuse me, seven inning double header rule? Um, that kind of stuff is what is what going to you know, whether you like it or not, you'll always remember why it happened, right? And so uh, those those are going to be mine. Like, you know, the other c- couple of things that stood out when I first started to write this down was the creepy NBA bubble screens. You know, the you, you know, you know I, I guess you would call them Zoom, but I don't I don't think they use Zoom. But whatever the hell that was, it was supposed to be their answer to Major League Baseball putting. Fake, fake paper fans in the stands. That thing creeps me <laughs> out to no end. Above anything else, I think it's one of the reasons why I didn't like watching the NBA because I'm like, man, I just don't. I mean, you'd look at it and they'd be creepy. Some some people's heads would be like larger than normal. And then half the time you'd look up and it would be an empty chair. <laughs> it's like, man, they should have had some kind of rotating system and had some kind of producer in charge of that nonsense because I'd be like, you know, you're over here flipping out about the fact that you have terrible ratings. You can't complain about that when they're when the people that you think are going to be on national television for you don't even show up. You see you know, empty couches and you know, poorly lit bathroom light. Like, what the hell is going on here? Um, and then the and, and then the other thing I, th- I thought about was the bubble trouble, meaning both uh, NBA and uh, NHL. Though they got the season off without a hitch, it felt weird not having them at their home stadiums. So you yeah. you got the positive of no one getting COVID or whatnot. So you don't have to go through all the all the MLB and NFL uh, problems and college football for that matter. But it felt weird because 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 they just felt like tournaments. You know, they felt like a pop-up tournament as opposed to a championship tournament. So I'll probably always remember those, and hopefully we never have to get to that again. Even though they're trying to fear-monger us against it. It's a new strand. There's someone in Colorado that has it. Oh, my God. My, my, my wife came in last night. She sat down. First thing she did, she pulled it up. Who knows where she pulled it up? I said, like, turn that fear porn off. I was like, I am not listening to this <laughs> junk tonight. I was like, they've got a vaccine. It works on all. They've already talked about it. I'm not going to, you're not shutting me down for another year. I'm telling you that right now. I just, you know, screw it. You know, at some point I'm going to have to risk getting the sniffles. You know, it's just, it's, it, you can't just bubble wrap me up the rest of my life. I'm not going to do it. Um, let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, the can't stand you awards, worst coaching job, worst TV personalities in sports. And of course we will also do some positive ones. We will be back in a flash here on the armchair quarterback. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio. We'll be back in about 90.
Make contact. A collective psychosis is sweeping the nation. We're in the thick of the haze craze, and Elysian is introducing an altered state of IPA. Contact Haze is a tangled chemistry of mild haze, low bitterness, and an explosion of hop aroma. This hazy IPA bursts with notes of bright raspberry, currant, citrus, guava, and passion fruit. Available in six-pack cans in stores and in all Seattle Elysian locations. Make contact. That? That's the sound of NyQuil Severe, hard at work. NyQuil Severe is the best sleep with a cold medicine. No tossing and turning, just rest and recovery. <coughs> so you're ready to take on tomorrow. For powerful relief of your worst cold and flu symptoms, try NyQuil Severe. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, stuffy head, best sleep with a cold? Medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. You get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. So much, I'm going to have to speed things up. You can get the Farmer's Signal app, and that could get you up to 15% off your auto policy. That's just for using the app and driving like the normal speed-limited hearing full-stop-making lane-change-signaling human being you are. Get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. Start with a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. The Armchair Quarterback's Wake Up Show, the rock and roll of sports talk radio. We get footloose weekday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern on Facebook Live, CBS Sports Radio, and the Armchair Quarterback's app. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks, the Armchair Awards. We are going to real quick, I want to get everyone's take on last night's uh, bowl game. Now, I don't know if any of y'all stayed up long enough for the Texas-Colorado game. I did not. But I'm more referring to the Miami-Oklahoma State game. It's funny, Justin, we were talking yesterday about uh, Derek King makes himself eligible or says he's not going to make himself eligible for the NFL draft. And he gets hurt last night. And I wonder if that was going to go into his head is, uh, maybe I need to go get my check, and then I'll come back and be a grad assistant. Because that would be the first thing that went would go through my mind. Uh, Justin, what say you? Well, I mean, yeah, it's probably going to be a league minimum at that point, wouldn't you think? I mean, how high of a draft stock are you going to have coming off your injury going to get in your check now? I mean, you might as well serve, get your degree, and have a profession to fall back on. I mean, Do we know how serious the injury is? I I just seen it classified as a leg, uh, you know, reporting last night, but uh, yeah, haven't I, seen any updates this morning yet. Now, obviously, if it's a torn ACL, then no, you just come back and do your thing. But I don't know that that, that that's what it is. Um, I would think if it was that severe, he wouldn't be standing over there on a crutch on the sidelines, right? I would think they would have him sitting down somewhere. So uh, I guess that – that will remain to be seen, but I'm telling you, regardless, let's say it's just a a, uh, a twinge or whatever, guarantee you his parents are going to be in his ear and go, son, do you really want to come back another year, come out of the draft next year when you'll be 25 before you ever take an NFL snap? Yeah. And you could risk going in. You could get hurt in, in the spring game. You could get hurt at any point next year. Depends on how Miami's bagman game is. Well, you know. I will say this. Two live crew needs to put out another album. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 
Is there it too go. late for them to put out a Christmas album this year? Yeah, I mean, they're going to do something. I don't know if any uh, Tosh Point oh is a uh, is a is a Hurricane fan, so maybe. But he 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 just lost his gig on uh, Comedy Central, so I, I don't know if things are exactly all right in the world there. Uh, Sean, did you get a chance to watch any of the game? I caught about the last five minutes of the fourth quarter, um, so I didn't have a lot of context for what happened to the Air King. I just saw him on the sidelines. Um, and I mean, Miami almost pulled it out. <laughs> it didn't so, look anyways. like a terrible injury, but you just never know. Like, you know, you know. yeah, that's, I mean, Tannehill, you know, not to bring everything back to, to local news, but I mean, Tannehill blew his leg up in a non-contact way, which is why the Titans got him for eight cents on the dollar. So, you know, you just and never you know with those things. Stop. I thought you meant like yesterday going out and getting the mail. That's <laughs> like, <laughs> Great. No, it's, it, it's the Woodside era begins. Let's roll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, by the way, for people that missed it, Oklahoma State won thirty seven thirty four. Um, I was wrong. Well, I didn't expect Derek King to get hurt, but I thought Miami would win that game. I thought it would be close, but I, th- I thought they would find a way to win. They got down twenty one nothing, and then they come roaring back, and then somehow you know they just went flat at the end. But uh, I, the final offensive play for Miami was a head scratcher to me. Fourth and <laughs> yeah. like four or five, and you throw like a bubble screen that he's going to have to try to yep. weave his way through. What is this? The bubble screen needs to the bubble screen needs to be outlawed. What is it this? drives me insane. What is this? I, I don't 2006. Get it. I mean, let's come on. Can <laughs> can we get rid of the bubble? The bubble screen was cute when <laughs> when no one knew what the hell it was. No one could defend it. Now, like every kid who's ever played PlayStation knows what's coming. So it's just like no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not going to work. Uh, let's go ahead and move on because we got a lot to get into. A little time to do it. So we'll start this off. You know what? Let's start this off on a high note. I and I was going to start off on 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 the really fun ones, but um, let's start this off with the best coaching job in the world of sports in 2021. Curious to see where you go with this. It could be any sport. Justin, start with you. I'm going Brian Snicker, uh, hands down what he did with that, uh, pitching staff and bullpen throughout this season was phenomenal. And, uh, two years in a row, he's gotten the most out of a one year player and, uh, kudos to Snitz. Still don't understand why he throws like Jackson out there. And that's, that's almost enough to not get this award, but, uh, Losing Soroka and Fulte and everybody else he lost in that lineup and to still get as deep as he got into the postseason, I will take that in uh, this season. Sean, what about you? My best coaching job goes to a uh, guy in the NFL um, who who hasn't completely closed the deal yet, but just the fact that this franchise now seemingly has a culture and is competent and and seems pointed in the right direction, uh, owner be darned, uh, I'm going to give mine to Kevin Stefanski, um, who's somebody whose name I knew, um, but he's come in and I think completely changed the course of where the Cleveland Browns can go. Now we'll see what happens this weekend. If they make the playoffs or don't, that might change the narrative a little bit around how good of a job he quote unquote really did. Uh, but just by being a, a competent, I mean, you look at the head coaches they've had since that franchise was awarded back to the city of Cleveland 
after the whole Baltimore, you know, Ravens, Art Modell thing, um, their, their coaching history is pretty, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty rough to watch and even to read about. And especially the quarterbacks. Um, I still don't know that Baker Mayfield is, is as good um, as he thinks he is, but I think Kevin Stefanski is an outstanding head coach. And if you're someone like me who nerds out big time on offensive and defensive line film, um, he's really a master um, at setting up an offense with what he has. So I, I like where the Browns are pointed. Um, and I think just changing the culture there is a big deal. Of course, it doesn't hurt the fact that they're going to bench uh, Roethlisberger. Uh, this week. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Boy. <laughs> I, oh, I, I, I smell some suspensions this coming. This is the first first time <laughs> Mason Rudolph and uh, – oh, what the hell is his name? Uh, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. I wanted to call him Harden. Uh the their first meeting since the famous infamous uh head beating with the and then you know he called me this and no i didn't and all that junk so we're gonna find out what's what <laughs> uh it, it's unfortunate that they still have face masks i i, I remember uh hearing the great story of uh of uh oh god i can't think of his name right now uh the guy that was the quarterback for the Washington Redskins in the sixties. Uh, shoot. I'll think of his name in a second, but anyways, he got tired of the bay. They were playing the bears. And he got tired of, uh, Atkins coming through and slamming the hell out of him. And, uh, they were hitting him late, him and Buckus and whatnot. And finally he told his left tackle, he said, let him go. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, let him go. And this is, this one, if they did wear a mask, it was one bar and they snapped the ball and Atkins, of course, you know, everyone knows Doug Atkins is one of the greatest of all time, ex-volunteer, ex-bear, uh, Hall of Fame on both rights. And uh, he dropped back, and he, he, he counted to one Mississippi, turned and pivoted, and planted the ball right in Atkins' face, broke his nose, blood everywhere. He said, that'll put an end to that for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That was football, boys and girls. Uh, I'm going to go with Leonard Hamilton. I was going – look, there's a, there's a couple honorable mentions I will throw out there. Matt Rule, uh, I think he's done an incredible job with the Carolina Panthers considering, in fact, his best players played like three games this year. So I'm impressed by him in the NFL. And I hate to admit it, but Jimbo Fisher's done a great job at Texas A&M. But Leonard Hamilton, to me, what he did – with those players, and I fully believe they would have at least gotten to the Final Four last year. You never know about national championships because things got to fall your way and all that kind of stuff. But that 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 team was loaded for arms, and a guy that late in his career to finally, you know, get back to uh, prominence, I think is just an incredible job across the board for him. Uh, I know it's ironic for me to say that as, as as they lost on the road last night, but Leonard Hamilton is my pick for twenty twenty. Um, Worst coaching job of the year. Justin, what you got? Hey, well, my boy, Jeremy Pruitt. I mean, has Tennessee even wow. filled Have they even fielded a team before? I mean, we look JV Bush League out there. and Shots uh, fired. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, you can't tell me that in your tenure on the Hill and – Jarrett Garantano's performance this season was the best thing you could stick with to give your team an opportunity to win. Yeah. I mean, there's no player development and advancement there. You had the best offensive line, supposedly, aside from Alabama, uh, um, going into this season, and you got nothing. You got a stable of running backs. You dominated nobody. I, I, 
I just I can't explain it. I mean, it's mediocre. Maybe they were taking for Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> they were hoping he'd join the portal instead of Jacksonville, which now that they've got the first pick, maybe they will. I mean, he gets a free year. <laughs> just, uh, sorry. Sean, where are you going today, sir? Worst coach of the year. I am staying in the National Football League as much as people might think I want to give this to Khakis. Um, I'm not going to. I'm actually going to give it to Anthony Lynn uh, of the Oh, I actually San thought Pencilhead was going to get it. I, I'm, no. I try to predict no, he's, these in my he's, head. He's coming up later. He's, he's, he's the headliner in a different category. I'll bet you can guess which one it is. Um, Anthony Lynn is, is just, is, it's almost a bit at this point. I'm convinced he's, he's like performing a stand-up routine with the number of times the Los Angeles Chargers, who, let's be honest, backed into what looks like right now to be the best quarterback in this past draft by far. And he was the third one taken, I think, if my memory serves correctly. Um, so they kind of backed into basically a franchise quarterback. Got great offensive weapons. Offensive line's a little bit questionable, yada, 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 but you still got a Bosa, you've got a Melvin Ingram, you've got some pieces, and this team has lost, by my count, like four games this year, just based off of head coach buffoonery, poor management of not only timeouts, but the clock at the end of the half, play management at the end of games. I mean, they could easily have nine or ten wins, and instead I think they're sitting at like five. I think they're like five and ten or six and nine, um, and it just – you know, further amplifies the point that if you have good players and a bad head coach, it doesn't matter how many good players you have. And I, I think, unfortunately, the Spanos family is one of the running jokes in the National Football League as far as ownership goes. So I don't know that they'll get rid of him, but uh, he he's my winner, hands down, if you've watched every week of the National Football League. Uh, I'm going to have to go with – I can't believe no one grabbed this. It's one of the reasons why I go last. I'll, I'll jot extra ones down. I, it's got to be Adam Gase. I mean, really? I mean, what he's done. <laughs> not only did his team stink all year, but then he solidified the the worst coach of the year by winning his last two games and giving <laughs> the Jets no chance of the number one pick in the entire draft, which by far it's obvious that they are the worst team in football. Because Jacksonville, I feel like once they realized they had a chance, they started you know screwing around. Um, yeah. This is just dumbfounding to me, and whoever picks up these pieces, good luck, because I think I was talking about this yesterday. I think the best play might be to go ahead and uh, not draft a quarterback, since you're not going to get uh, Trevor Lawrence. I wouldn't draft a quarterback with the number two pick, because if you draft a quarterback with the number two pick now, you will have not gotten your best. Uh, bang for your buck, right? Unless you trade down. I if if I were them, I would seriously consider drafting another tackle bookend Becton and think about building a a team where next year you really see what Darnold has and then if he really does stink, then you can possibly draft someone else coming out next year and cuz I'm not drafting Fields number 2. And I feel like Kyle Trask can be have later can be had later in the draft. So if you if you take a quarterback number two, I think it's a reach. So good job, Adam Gase. 
You're the worst. I thought about Mattingly and his COVIDy. You know, let's all go kick it at the club. Even though they, everyone wants to give a manager of the year, right? They, you know, let's go kick it in the club and shut down the Marlins for 17 games. <laughs> and uh, and then, I mean, what the hell's going on in Nebraska with Scott Frost? But I went with uh, Adam Gase. Um, the Can't Stand You Awards. Justin, who are you going with this year? Well, normally you probably expect me to go David Ross, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let him slide this year. Uh, he actually got his team in the playoffs, even though they got swept by the Marlins. But you know, who's keeping track? <clears throat> uh, I'm going LeBron James. I couldn't take it this summer. Um, just retire and get into politics, dude. Quit forcing your ideology upon us. Let's let's get this over with. I mean, 2024 is coming. Can we be done by then? Get him his last ring and get him gone. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, let's not get him another ring. <laughs> you know, I don't care whatever it takes to get him to walk off into the sunset. I'm tired of it. Let's get some young, fresh blood. I'm trying to watch the NBA, trying to get into it. And, uh, yeah, it was a rough summer. Sean, where are you going? Well, well, here, here we go. The moment everybody's been waiting for Matt, Patricia, you pencil headed, fat face, dumb brain, beard face, idiot, dork. I hate you so much. I've never hated a Detroit Lions coach. I've been flummoxed by how dumb some of them have been, like how utterly incompetent they've been. I actually hate this guy. I literally hate this guy. If I ever saw him and Bob Quinn in an airport, I would go to jail for 24 hours to take a swing at each of them. These two morons, Pencilhead and Bob Quinn both, um, not that the Lions needed to be even further into a canyon of of, you know, just complete and total incompetence. Uh, the Ford and Firestone families have been doing that pretty fine on their own for five and a half decades. But, man, this guy ran off every good defensive player we had. I mean, you saw the reactions when he was fired. Darius Slay, Sean Robinson, Deshaun Hand, dudes that this guy just ran out of town saying, oh, but I was the problem. Good job. Glad they got rid of him finally. I hate your guts. I hope you go back to the Patriots as a video coach for safeties and you have to clean the toilets. I cannot stand you. <laughs> you know, I could have copied and pasted what you said about uh, him with uh, the with, uh, Adam Gase and no one will be able to tell the difference, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just secretly pulled for Michigan to replace Jim Harbaugh and Matt Patricia. <laughs> 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 Oh, Thanks, God. Justin. Sorry, but it was the Red Wings. I mean, it just you know that that division rivalry is coming back this year, and just yeah, it is. It's gonna I'd take my shot. <laughs> Be like Sean's worst Groundhog Day ever. <laughs> it really would. Uh, I'm going to go with I. I did have LeBron James written down, by the way, and Blake Snell's definitely there for the taking. <laughs> And if, if we're going outside of the world of sports, I'm about sick and tired of seeing Snoop Dogg in every damn commercial and terrible television <laughs> show ad. I mean, good God. There's, there's got to be a reason why this dude, on everything he comes on, gets canceled, right? Like everything, they're like, a brand new show, eating worms on the side. And Snoop Dogg going, yeah, boy. You know, that's tight. And whatever cliche he's going to throw out there. there. There was one that ran ridiculous uh, – Several times last night during the college football game, the and I kept seeing it. I was like, "The hell is this crap?" And it's like some some TBS <laughs> knockoff of uh, uh, I don't know, like the Mass Singer or 
not the mass Singer, but what's the one where they, uh, Blake Shelton and all those idiots? It, it it looked like a terrible knockoff of that. The one of those. The things, voice. The voice. I think it's called the voice. Yeah. yeah. And so they called it something else, kitschy, like the Big Show or something stupid. And they every clip they showed was of of him. And every commercial I see is him. And I'm like, does no one remember him threatening a woman's life on national television just six months ago and no one did anything about it? But I digress. I, I, we got to keep it sports-related. Kirk Street. I'm sorry, dude, but I cannot listen to you cry and whine and get emotional and everything. Like, you're a victim in every damn thing that goes on. It's like, just... Stop it, okay? Your life is better than anyone's life's ever going to be, okay? Just stop it with the crying and the, oh, no, it's not fair. And If he's not crying about social injustice, then he's, talking, he's crying about COVID. If he's not doing that, he's crying about the fact that he thinks Michigan's not going to play Ohio State. It's like he's always going a tearjerker. Just, just stop it. They need to get him off the kickoff shows and just let him go do his uh, – his uh, broadcast, because his broadcasts are fun. When he does in game broadcast, he's talking about football. I don't mind Kirk Herbstreit, but outside of that, <laughs> all right. Uh, so his house in his house in Nashville is fifty eight hundred square feet and has a movie theater in it. Just a just and, a pile. And that's on. probably just one of <laughs> of of many abodes that he has, right? You know? I'm just saying. I'm uh, just saying. And he calls that his summer home. Uh, so <laughs> his lockdown is going to be uh, be uh, you know pretty horrible, huh? Right. Exactly. Uh, the player you can't get enough. I, I I guess I'll start calling this the right stuff. The player that you're like, man, whether he's on my team or whatever, I cannot wait to watch this person play every time that, that they go out there. Uh, Justin, who who is your 2020 the right stuff player? Mine's gonna be Derrick Henry. Uh, we get we got to see him in the playoffs early in 2020. Phenomenal show, and then uh, followed it up this season. Uh, it's kind of a funny thing with uh, me and the Titans because uh, those of you that listen to the show know I'm I bleed orange. I'm a Tennessee fan, but yet my professional team has always cursed me with having this one great player from a school that I just really don't like. And I go from Javon Curse to uh, now we've got an Alabama running back uh, from and uh, Derrick Henry. So it, it, it just cost. I'm reminded of Gators and at the thing my youth, it was the Gators over and over and over. And now it's Alabama and uh, can't escape it, but I cannot get enough of Derrick Henry. So there you go. Well, I'll tell you what, if, if you build your team with Nick Saban, Alabama players, you're probably gonna be pretty good down the road. So I'd say keep bringing them <laughs> at yeah. football factory. Uh, Sean, the quarterbacks, Sean, who, who is the one guy that makes you stop the, Stop flipping the channels and go, that's it. I'm sitting, I, I got to watch this person play their sport. Yeah, I was going to go with someone in hockey, but um, it's actually baseball for me as a subscriber to uh, the MLB package every year. Um, it's Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, I know he was a, a polarizing figure this year for the whole for the whole Grand Slam thing. And I was uh, I was siding with the woke mob on that one. If you don't like him staring at a Grand Slam, uh, maybe don't throw Just him a 90 mile an hour meatball. Right. Yeah, put one in his ear. If you don't like put it, one just, in his ear or in his back. Or, yeah, or don't if you don't like it, just put one in his ear. And if you don't like it, just exactly. put one in his ear. Every once in a while, you get to give him He's, a rib sandwich. He is <laughs> such a fantastic player. And I, I remember the first time I heard his name, I was like, because I remember his father. We remember his father. We're all old enough to have remembered. He had a nice cup of coffee with the Mets. You know, infamously, I think hit two grand slams in the same game. 
I'm pretty sure that's only his claim to, to ever fame. Do it. Yeah, yeah, only player to ever do it. So um, no, 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 I had heard his name longer. Inning. Same inning. Well, yeah, same inning. That's what it was. That's right. Same inning. Um, boy, that's that's a bad day for that pitching staff. Um, he's just really exciting to watch, even outside of how good of a hitter he is. He's an incredible shortstop. I mean, he gobbles up everything. Um, and I just really love watching that team. And they're going to be, you know, they're going to be appointment television this coming year. Um, I had some personal reasons to watch them this past year because I had Danielson Lamette in pretty much every baseball league I played in. So I watched a lot of Padres games. Um, and he's, he was my go-to. He's my guy. I So Derrick Henry would have obviously been my number one uh, just – Man, I, I've told just this a million times. I just, I've always been a huge fan of power running backs, and it's just, it's just, I don't know, just growing up watching John Riggins and Earl Campbell. That's that's what Derrick Henry reminds me of. So he's he's my favorite player to watch in sport. Probably, uh, I mean, I can't think of anyone, even baseball wise, that, that I like better to watch because he's just so you get polarized. But since he's taken. And I felt like Freddie Freeman got enough accolades this year. And so I didn't go with the Braves. And I love watching Zion, but how much did we really get to watch him this year? I, I, I had to go to the NFL. And it really came down to two players that are not on either team that I care about. It's DK Metcalf of Seattle, but I'm going to go with Kyler Murray he, I have become just a huge Kylo Murray fan. He's fun to watch. He's fun to pull for. He's not perfect. He does some stupid things. But my God, when he can take off, when he gives you that threat of, ah, uh, crap, what is he going to do? And he gets out there in that open field, and you don't know if he's just going to chuck it. He's he's like Patrick Mahomes 2.0 because you, you get Patrick Mahomes and you get the threat of him possibly to, to jog to the first down. Kyler Murray could take off for a 55-yard touchdown in a blink of an eye. Now, with that being said, so can Ryan Tannehill. He can take off for a 48-yard touchdown in a blink of an eye. But uh, Kyler Murray can just flat-out outrun everybody. I think he might be the fastest person on the field in most cases. So that's, that's my um, got the right stuff. I mean, I, I, I hope the kid stays healthy. I was disappointed when he didn't go play baseball, but now I get it because I thought he was a little too small and was going to get hurt. And I was like, man, you are going to ruin your, your, your window. But now that I've watched him play, I'm glad he went into the NFL because no matter how good he could have been in baseball, the ball wouldn't have always been in his hand. So, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we've got the TV personality world awards, uh, best and worst. Twitter follows and uh, a couple other things as far as and the uh, best and worst broadcasters, best and worst uh, TV personalities, all that ahead more here on the armchair quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio. If the two of you got through 2020 together, you can get through anything. This holiday, make it official with a stunning engagement ring from Shane Company. Create your unique ring in three easy steps. Simply pick a setting, choose a natural diamond, ruby, or sapphire center stone. Then add your own touch 
like a decorative crown or a personal engraving. Here's another option. Select one of our perfectly preset engagement rings. Each of these rings is already set with the shape and size center stone that our designers envisioned, which means that your ring will be perfect. Because our quality standards are the highest in the industry, we're able to guarantee your ring for free for life. This year and every year after, we'll be here for you. Now you have a friend in the jewelry business, Shane Company and Shaneco.com. Open weekdays 10 till 8, Saturday 10 till 5, and Sunday noon till 5. We live in a world now that welcomes and nurtures the screwball in all of us. Hey, it's a new decade, people. Time to get a little nutty. Treat yourself to Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey, a smooth flavor that combines two of America's favorites, peanut butter and American whiskey. So no more social awkwardness. Time to embrace who you truly are. Get out there and make friends. And be sure it starts with Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. It's available nearly everywhere. Learn more at ScrewballWhiskey.com. Infinium Spirits. Please enjoy responsibly. You get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. So much, I'm going to have to speed things up. You can get the Farmer's Signal app, and that could get you up to 15% off your auto policy. That's just for using the app and driving like the normal speed-limited hearing full-stop-making lane-change signaling human being you are. Get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. Start with a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Jerry, hi. Hello. <laughs> Without a sponsor, I've been Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I've been a goner, I've been a loner. And when my mixture was right, and well, I'm a nice bunch of guys, I am what I am because I ain't what I used to be. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. If you're just joining us, we're doing our end of the year uh, awards. Tomorrow's going to be a little more. Uh, goofier, uh, we're going to have Teamus with you, so that just that explains it, uh, what those type of topics will be, Justin. I didn't want him weighing in on this. Hell, he hasn't been in the country for most of the year. I, I didn't want him to say, you know, is John Madden, is he still broadcasting? What's going on with that? <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and start off with the best and worst Twitter follows, and we'll start. Give me your best and give me your worst because we're going to come up on time. I'm afraid we won't be able to get all this stuff in. So we'll do a, a, a double bang. And by the way, I forgot to put this in the text while we're thinking about this. Pick a best on uh, a best sideline reporter, in-game reporter, or even one that they, you know, you may not see them at, on the during the ball game, but they go to an, an interview pregame, right? So whether it's ESPN, NFL Network, whatever, you know, the, the the people who who were always standing out there in the freezing cold, like the Sal Palantonios of the world, when you're like, man, the hell is that? I hope that guy gets paid a good amount because that dude's always frozen. <laughs> he's always like, hey, live in Philadelphia. Like, can Sal ever get be live in Miami? He's always live in Philadelphia. Uh, let's start with the best and worst Twitter follows. Uh, Jess, I'm interested to see where you go with this. What do you have for 2020? Uh, best would be armchair QB show and, uh, worst would probably be myself. Um, I'm not a great follow, but, uh, in the serious, uh, world aside from armchair quarterbacks, my favorite to follow is, uh, 
Clay Travis and uh, another local guy will get the worst, and uh, that'll be Jared Stillman. Um, had a great show with Jared and the GM, Floyd Reese, but uh, that has since ended, and uh, it's never been a good Twitter follow. The, the radio show was palatable, uh, not so much without Floyd, but, uh, yeah, those are my nominations. Now, is it something that that they tweet out that pisses you off, or they just don't? It's do just random hot takes about any given sport like this past Sunday it was uh, I can't quote it 100% but Ryan Tannehill can't score touchdowns in the cold because he has small hands I mean it's just stupid random just really and then he takes off for 48 yards and dusts the field and throws a touchdown to John <laughs> Smith and I'm like yeah them little hands are right there tearing you up son <laughs> <laughs> who the hell is he like Donald Trump on the 2016 campaign trail talking about you. <laughs> was that Ted? Cruz? I don't know. He cut his teeth in Louisville's from that market. He's been down here for quite a while. I don't know. Uh, he's an ESPN affiliate here uh, in the Nashville market. And uh, like I said, he ran a ran a show for years with Floyd Reese. And I mean, had great insight connection to the Titans with Floyd's connections. But uh, it's just a different animal. More of a uh, it's a little more shock jockish than I than I like in my. My, my sports entertainment, I guess. I don't know if y'all remember that or not. Fair take. But, but in 2016 on the campaign trail, Trump went after one of the Republicans. I want to say it was Ted Cruz. Rubio. Marco Rubio. F for the hands? Yes. Okay. Then he must have went after Ted Cruz or something else. I remember him and Ted Cruz having beef. And now, like, you know, they're buddies. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ted, Ted Cruz, you're his buddy now because you know how popular he is. You're not trying to piss off an entire, you know, half the country. Uh, Sean, where are you going best and worst Twitter follow? Excuse me. So, yeah, these are particularly tailored towards me. Um, my best Twitter follower, my favorite Twitter follow is um, Brandon Thorne, um, at Brandon Thorne Football. Um, he is part of a group of guys um, who works for uh, a website whose name I can't remember right now, but they're basically the uh, analytics uh, website for offensive and defensive line play. I learned a lot about, again, my son's, you know, playing offensive guard, started playing guard this past year um, and is going to play guard going into next year for his high school. So I've gotten a lot more into technique and just kind of watching uh, zone blocking schemes, things like that stuff that I can try and teach my son as I've gotten more into that as he gets older. Um, I've tried to find people who can teach me, you know, things that I don't know. Cause I, I didn't really play football. I had a cup of coffee playing football as a safety. And by a cup of coffee, I do mean like three weeks. Um, I'm mostly, I'm by mostly, a cup of coffee, I mean, I literally was sitting there drinking coffee, watching Rose play football. Right. Yeah. Like if, <laughs> had I been allowed to drink Did coffee at wrong. 15, that's exactly what I would have been doing. Um, cause it just, it just wasn't, it wasn't for me. I didn't have the body for that. So, um, as I've gotten more into it, he's become a really reliable follow for me. Um, he's someone that pops on, uh, some of the athletic uh, podcasts that they do about football. What's his and it's just uh, really handle now. again? It's at Brandon Thorne Football, all gotcha. one word. Um, very, very smart guy and, and teaches you a lot about the line. Uh, my worst Twitter follow, and this is to me personally because I just can't stand this doofus, um, is Doug Gottlieb. I think I, I think this was one of the first 10 dudes I blocked when I got my Twitter account a gazillion years ago because this dude is a M-O-R-O-N moron. And steps out of his lane constantly to talk bad about people that, that he's worked with in the past. And if you just do some dead spin searches or, or any kind of Google search for Gottlieb, there's plenty of red tape on this dude. Um, and his takes just 
tick me off to no end. So I don't even see them anymore. Uh, but every once in a while, someone will screenshot it and it'll end up on my feet and I'll be like, God, I hate that little worm. Um, so that that's my worst one. Is his actual, cause I'm, I'm trying to find him on Twitter. I, there's a Brandon Thorne whose account's been suspended. Is that him? No, I don't think that's it. I'll, I'll okay. send it to you or okay. I'll link it to you. I was just, his, the spelling of it's a little bit weird. I think he's got something capitalized that makes it harder to find. Gotcha. Uh, my worst and best, uh, my best Twitter follow. He, I, I never was a, a fan of this guy until this year when he joined Outkick the coverage. Uh, Jason Whitlock. He writes some really good articles, and they're always tied into his tweets. And then sometimes he just get, and sometimes his takes are are good, and sometimes they're bad. But he gets in entertaining fights with people on Twitter, and so uh, I've become a big Jason Whitlock fan. Uh, he seems, seems like he's toned it down here recently. I haven't heard anything in a, in a minute, but uh, that is my best follow. And then my worst follow is uh, Adam Schefter this year. I would never would have said this about him before, but my God. I mean, everything is Debbie Downer with him, and I just get tired of seeing it constantly. It's like he breams glowing when he finds out someone's going. I'm sure he's miserable right now because no one's on lockdown for COVID except for, uh, who, who was it, Cooper Cup. He, he, he couldn't wait to get running out to center stage when Cooper Cup got uh, came down with COVID-19 yesterday. Well, he's in the protocol of they don't know if he's going to play or not, but I mean, I, Adam Schefter is just, he's nauseating to me at this point. Maybe it'll change my tune when the, when the pandemic is lifted and he goes back to actually reporting on the games itself. But man, I just can't deal with them. Uh, best personality, best TV personality in sports and worst TV personality in sports. This could be a talk show. This could be just a talking head that pops up on sports center, whatever. Uh, Justin, what you got for worst? I'm going to go, uh, I'm gonna go Max Kellerman this year. Um, uh, Max, uh, definitely, uh, made a new place this year when Stephen a had to, uh, check him in his own lane right there on his show. So I will, uh, leave that one there pretty much see by head nods. We all kind of agree on that one. And, uh, I'm going to go, uh, John book Schiambi on, uh, Bugs. uh, I like Boog. Yeah. Uh, MLB play by play uh, guy. He, he's, he's my, probably my, my favorite. Um, just, a, it's always a good story. And I felt this year, especially when uh, the bubble started out or when baseball started coming back and uh, we, we got some of the Korean games. We got a little bit of him off, off script. And I saw a little more into his world and uh, just uh, really kind of won me over. I always kind of liked him, but this year he, he takes a spot for me. Sean, what say you? Um, my worst is going to be Colin Coward, who I actually used to like when he was on ESPN. Um, since he has moved over to Fox, I, I have completely stopped watching him. Um, his, his entire tone has become so incredibly performative and in the vein of the stuff that I can't stand that, that Skip Bayless has done for years, who I could have included in any of my worst categories, but I'm tired of talking about well, that guy. Just so you know something about him, there's a like he he has trained himself to be a shock jock, and I, I saw interview, yeah. I saw, saw an interview uh, a few months ago, and there was someone who was talking about who worked with him, and they were bragging about it, but I thought to myself, see, this is why I don't like him. They were bragging about the fact that he would go into the producer's office and say he'd have a topic. He'd have three different takes. 
and would want to know which one do you think is going to be the one that's going to draw the attention of the listener. Sure. So he doesn't doesn't even believe his own crap that he says. And that when I heard that, I was like, okay, that's, that's why I lost because I'm with you 20 years ago when he was first coming onto the scene, I liked him 20 years. He was doing radio. Yeah. 20 years ago when he was on when yeah he, he i remember i used to listen to him in the late afternoon in the early mm-hmm. morning i used to listen to glenn beck i will not listen to either one of those morons anymore because they have gone so far over the over over the wall obviously one was political and one was sports that i'm just like i can't deal you're just shock jock it's so obvious to me that you don't stand behind your principles and what you believe in you just want to get the attention right so, yep um, yep. it's uh it's he's basically an actor he's an actor playing yes, a role yes. on television because he's on tv every day um and once i realized it and and i don't remember who really turned me on to it at first mm-hmm. um but it, i was just like uh i can't watch this anymore it's, just, it's too, too much well they all they're all sitting in the chairs in the in the microphone yeah it's 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 almost like his guests are damn near asleep which is what i am when, when i flip it like you know they're like, they might as well be lounge just flat out in a barca lounge or with some cheese that's on their on their belly uh who's your best my best is just for me personally is my favorite um i really have a lot of uh admiration and and respect for mina kimes who does espn does nfl live um, is a very intelligent sports fan. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into um, any dialogue about you know being a female sports personality, NFL, any of that crap. I'm not getting into any of that. You and I've had that conversation about people who are there for the wrong reasons. She's there for the right reasons. She's an intelligent football mind. This is someone who is a journalist. She wrote for the Wall Street Journal before she was about finance of all things before she was ever on ESPN doesn't hide the fact that she's a dedicated Seattle Seahawks fan. She's very uh, self-deprecating about that. Um, and I just really, I just really enjoy her. She always brings a smile to my face. She talks intelligently about football, which is really all I ask out of anybody. Okay. I'll leave that alone. Cause I'm not a big fan of hers. Uh, she's <laughs> it's I okay. Dis- not everybody. Is. Don't get me wrong. I don't dislike her. I re- I respect her. I do think she's intelligent. I just think she's always wrong about her takes, but a lot of it, I think it's not necessarily her fault. I think it's because, um, she's probably lived quite the sheltered life. And so she, you know, she, she, she seems a little delicate. And when I hear when someone wants to talk football, I want to make sure that you, you you know, they, they might've got their nose bloody once or twice in their life. Right. And so, uh, she had, she had a hilarious back and forth with Marcus Spears a couple weeks ago. If you didn't see it, go seek it out. Cause it's on YouTube where he was talking about Seattle's defensive line and how they were going to improve. And this was about five, six weeks ago. And she goes, they are bringing less pressure than a motel room shower head. Don't yeah. bring this nonsense to me. And I, I lost my mind. Yeah. yeah she's so always funny. got those quips written down. Uh, I noticed that she's, I don't know if she pre does it or if she rehearses or whatnot, but she always has those quips written down. I'm sure she does in some form or fashion. Because I've heard I her just... use four or five of those things, right? So, sure. but, but anyways, like I said, nothing against her, nothing against her. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with her. She, she's just not my favorite cup of tea. Um, my uh, best personality in sports, I've used Chris Russo too many times, so I'll leave that alone. I've used Charles Barkley too many times, so I'll leave that alone. This year, I'm going to go with Roflo, uh, Flores from the MLB Network. If you have not listened to this guy, especially MLB Central is where he really gets to spread his wings, the guy is just a flat-out riot. He throws out some one-liners. 
always has that. I think he's missing his his calling. I really think this guy would be great, like in a sitcom. You know, he's just he he just always has that. He'll say something very funny, and sometimes the the crowd, the room's not catching it, and he'll just give you the look on the television, like, "Did y'all catch that joke?" I'll I'll just be in stitches. So row flow is by far my favorite. He's really. He's a great podcast guest, by the way. He's been on, he's been on, he was on, I, I wish I could remember whose he was on, where he talked about how he left ESPN. I didn't realize it was very acrimonious. He was, he was like stunned that they just basically said, hey, we're not offering you a contract and just let his contract run out. Well, he, and he, he had to like actually look for He was for in work. the middle of that whole when everyone got released thing. Yeah. Yeah. When everyone got released. Was, so they didn't think he was popular enough. I think a lot of it was very shallow. I think it's because yeah. he's not a leading man type of uh cat right like you know he right he's not a Baskersian or right. yeah he's not and so i think i think that had a lot to do with it uh and then my worst tv person is dominic foxworth even before he said the racist <laughs> stuff that he said about how he how, how he doesn't like people with american flags and their emojis and all that well, even before he said some of his racist stuff just all the junk that he says on a, on a regular basis He's just terrible. And I don't even think he's trying to shock me. He's just terrible. And so he, he's mine. We're going to have to get to Justin's because I don't think – because uh, I want to make sure we get to his before we run out of time. So, Justin, uh, what is your uh, best in-game broadcaster and worst in-game broadcaster? Uh, best in-game broadcaster is going to be Mike Keith of uh, – Voice of the Titans has uh, been a treasure of mine since, well, they moved to Mid-State area back in the late 90s. So, um, professional's professional, great dude, uh, and just uh, really love his calls. And my worst uh, just came about recently during probably one of the games of the years, and that's going to be Aqib Tlaib. Uh, that Eagles... Ooh. Cardinals game. You know, was, I didn't even uh, think of him. You want to talk about terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> He's terrible. <laughs> I didn't even think about him, which I don't know why, because he, he makes my skin crawl. He actually seems like a nice guy. But um, what was the best game of the year to you? And what was um, the most overhyped? I'm going to go college, and I'm going to say uh, BYU Coastal Carolina. It was between that and that Dolphins uh, Raiders this past Saturday night. Uh, those were two games. I had some baseball games, but I uh, couldn't really just choose one out of those. So between those, it was – And the I'm most overhyped? Go, uh, had to be Alabama-Georgia. Yeah, uh, that's exactly what I, I had, too. I mean, it, yeah. Ugh. Didn't even need comments. I'm t and please don't try to hype that next year if they're playing each other. I'm just I'm tired. I'm tired of feeling like Charlie Brown with the football. <laughs> I'm hyping Alabama I'm, games. I mean, by the just, end of that evening, I'm locked in on Florida State, North Carolina. Over and I'm, I'm looking over and I'm like, that Georgia game is a blowout, right? But somehow Florida State's hanging in with North Carolina. That, that was terrible. Um, best on, on on site reporter. I'll go Kelsey Winger. Uh, Brace, uh, in-game reporter of, of late, uh, we didn't have her this year, but she does fill-ins for NHL and NBA, and she's also an ACC sideline reporter. So I'll go Kelsey Wingert. Okay. And I believe it – was that it? Let me see. Uh, That's everything I've got. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, Justin, what is your walk-off for the day, sir? 
Uh, we're about to find out what type of program Tennessee is in basketball tonight. Uh, you've got Missouri, number 12, Missouri, number 7, Tennessee, and uh, we're going to see what that defense does against uh, Missouri. Kansas got them boys playing. They've knocked off Oregon and Wichita State and just beat Illinois, same Illinois that uh, wrecked Duke uh, not here too long ago. So um, should be a great game tonight. We'll, we'll find out. All right, brother. We'll see you manana for uh, the end of the year show. Uh <laughs> I can't wait to hear some of the teamuses. Well, I'll I'll send you the script here in a little bit. It's it's. Have a great day, gentlemen. All right, brother. Happy New Year, gentlemen. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks, CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good morning, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks Sports Flash. Pittsburgh Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin said Tuesday that Ben Roethlisberger will not play this weekend against the Cleveland Browns. Mason Rudolph instead is getting the start in Cleveland. Tomlin acknowledged the Steelers who are 12-3 and and have already clinched a playoff spot in the AFC North title may rest more starters Sunday, but as of now, Roethlisberger is the only one named. Mason Rudolph's start comes a year after a fight broke out when the two teams played in Cleveland on a Monday night football game. Browns star Miles Garrett was suspended for ripping off and swinging Rudolph's helmet, hitting the quarterback in the head with it with seconds remaining in the game. Because Garrett was suspended and Rudolph was benched for the rematch last year, Sunday will be the first time the two have played against each other since the incident. Tomlin said, quote, I have not had a chance to talk with him about it, but I'm sure he's excited about getting an opportunity to start. Cleveland is 10-5 and and can make the playoffs with a win Sunday. The Steelers, who have clinched, have an outside chance of getting the number two seed, but Buffalo would have to lose. With the Music City Bowl in Nashville being canceled, there are two bowl games today. One starting at noon, Wake Forest is at Wisconsin. The Badgers are now an eight and a half point favorite. And the Florida Gators are a three point underdog against the Oklahoma Sooners in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. That game is at 8 p.m. Eastern. Both games can be seen on ESPN today. Switching over to the ACC, six o'clock tonight, Virginia, number 23 in the country, is at Notre Dame. While the eight o'clock games, North Carolina at Georgia Tech, Boston College at NC State, both are on the ACC network. Those teams are unranked. Looking over at the SEC tonight, you got a couple of really big games. At 9 p.m., Tennessee, 7th in the country, is at number 12, Missouri. And Florida, 3-1 on the year, is at 4-2, Vanderbilt. That game is also at 9. The Vols are on the SEC Network. The Gators on ESPN2. Earlier action in the SEC at 7 o'clock Eastern on the SEC Network. Mississippi State is at Georgia, and on ESPN2, you've got Arkansas at Auburn. And that's your Armchair Quarterback's wake-up show, CBS Sports Flash. Stay tuned for more of the Armchair Quarterbacks on these CBS affiliates, our Facebook Live, and the Armchair Quarterback's app. Tap that app today. We are the Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for sports talk live from the First Coast. I knew a man bojangles and he danced for you in worn out shoes. You're enjoying your day, everything's going your way, then along comes Debbie Downer. 
Mama's here to tell you about a new disease A car accident or killer bees We beg her to spare you Debbie, please But you can't stop Debbie Downer Welcome back. Wednesday morning, December 30th, 9 a.m. Eastern or 9.05 Eastern. Sean O'Toole and Mac McGee here with you on the Armchair Quarterbacks, CBS Sports. And, of course, you can hear us uh, every show on the Armchair Quarterbacks app or find us on Facebook Live. We are switching over to YouTube starting Monday, and uh, we'll, we'll have links to go to that off of Facebook, but we're going to try something a little different and see see if we like it. Um, and within three or four days, they will have canceled us, and we'll be back on to uh, doing our normal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sean, so some of the awards that we didn't get a chance to get to in the first hour because we were running out of time, so we skipped to Justin. Let's go ahead and uh, take those now. Uh, the best uh, in-game or at – at the site reporter, sideline reporter. It doesn't necessarily have to be someone who's actually doing the sideline in game. It can, it can be like a Sal Palantonio, right? It can be, you know, someone who, someone who's at the scene of the crime and telling you what the hell's mm-hmm. going on. Who do you got this year? Yeah. My favorite sideline reporter um, has been the same for a long time is Holly Rowe. Um, she's a real, um, a real monolith for me in college football. Uh, she worked with the Mike Patrick, uh, the Mike Patrick team for a long time on ESPN. Uh, as of late, I think she's been kind of jostled around a little bit. She was with Brad Nessler. I heard her with a couple of different crews this year. But anytime I hear Holly Rowe on the sideline, I know I'm going to get some good, you know, you're going to get some good human interest tidbit. She's going to tell you about a backup safety, you know, who who survived, you know, something terrible that happened in his family. You're just going to get some really good stuff. She's a, she's a Emmy award-winning journalist in her own right. Um, and has always been someone that I've really enjoyed when she's been on a telecast. I'm going to get something good. Every time she does a Michigan game, I find out something about some player that I, that I had no idea of before. Um, she's my number one. So I liked uh, Justin's pick, but Winger is no longer with the Braves. Um, I don't know if she's going to land on her feet this year somewhere else, but I just want to say this before I give you my – that that was a travesty. What happened to her? She was so mm-hmm. popular in Braves country, yeah. and they just did not offer her another contract. And you could tell it broke her heart, and it was it was genuine. It was it wasn't just you know trying to get sympathy votes on Twitter or whatnot. And so, and nothing against the girl that took over for her, but it's not the same. Yep, she not. the girl that took over for her is very attractive girl. Uh, she's, she's what you would expect to see when you hear she's a broadcasting major at UCLA or something, right? You know, a girl that was, uh, you know, five foot 10 blonde, yada, yada, yada. And she's very professional. I have no, no issues with her, but Wingert had that down home feel. And the only thing I've seen her on recently has been, she does, uh, Alabama tailgating, uh, shows, all, all the season long, so I would get updates that, that she's going to be on there. Even though I'm an Alabama fan, I would flip over there and watch her for a little while. She's just very genuine down down home, so I do want to give her a, a, another shout on that. I, I think it's a damn just it's terrible what happened. It's like I don't know what went down, 
but the Braves are wrong is all I'm going to say, right? Yeah. Unless we find out that she did something terribly against the law or something, which I would not think that would be the case. It's just, it's an absolute shame. Um, I am going to have to go with Diana Rossini of ESPN. She's a good one. She seems genuine to me. She tends to cover Mm -hmm. the Titans a lot this year. I don't know how that is played. I don't know. Did she move to that area? I don't know why that, what the reasoning is. I believe she still lives up in the Bristol area, but she'll come on. She got married. She got married and I believe lives in Philadelphia this year. So that might explain why she's around. I mean, that's not eight to 10 hours away, really. Right. Exactly. So I don't, I, I I think it's just luck of the draw. I I think they give you a team and away you go. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and and maybe she's been around long enough where she wanted to, to, to follow Nashville. Maybe she has friends there. Maybe she likes the city. I, I don't know, but, uh, I see her a lot because of that, but I saw her even before that, on NFL Live, but then also where, where I really became a fan of hers is she would be on the uh, beginning of the season fantasy football draft that ESPN would have. She just genuinely mm-hmm. has a good personality, right? Mm-hmm. You know, she's not a stand-up comedian. She's not trying to do one-liners and whatnot to you, but she's just a genuinely good personality. And unlike some of the other people that are on that, which I will uh, rename nameless, she's <laughs> likable, Okay. Right. There's another one on there that I've complained about before, but I won't go down that road again, that she is not likable. And <laughs> the more and more I've read about this human, I'm like, okay, now I get it. But uh, Diana Rossini gets gets my uh, in-game. She has, a lot of, um, she has a lot of links to Nashville. She's very good friends. I don't know if you follow her on IG. She's very good friends with Sarah Walsh, formerly of ESPN, who's currently a sideline reporter for Fox Sports whose husband, Matt Walsh, was a baseball player at Vanderbilt. They live in the Nashville area. Um, so maybe, they're also very so close with Maybe that's got something to do with it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, might have something to do with it. I'm not the stalker it. dude that you are, so I, <laughs> I'm, not a, go. I'm, I'm not a stalker. I just know there's not a lot of TV personalities that do live in Nashville, so the ones that do kind of pop up on my radar. Gotcha. It's pretty much the Walshes and Kirk Herb Street, and there's maybe two or three others, but that's about it. Fair enough. Uh, so the next one we go to that we did not get to a second ago is best and worst in-game broadcasters in sport. So whatever sport you got, doesn't matter where you go. Okay. So for my, for my best, I'm going to keep to leave. I'm kidding. That's, I, really, I really wanted to do that while Justin was on Amen. the show. <laughs> I really wanted to do that while Justin was still here. No, I can't do it. He is well dressed. Um, I will give him that. He is well dressed. He is. I, he is. Well I thought dressed. it was very cool. Um, the, the week of Christmas, he had a green checkered plaid suit. I thought that was very, you know, that was cool, but my God, I, I, I will say for the record, <laughs> I don't dislike him as much as most people do. I know why they put him on the air because he's different. I mean, whether that's they good put or him bad on the for air you, your mileage, very, he, he's the next player. They were and giving him yeah, a chance. We, we don't need to, right. we don't need to they do were giving that. Him a but, chance. I would be shocked to be back next year, but but listen, as someone who's listened to a lot of, when I get to my worst in-game broadcaster, this guy will come up again, who's listened to a lot of Jonathan Vilma and Greg Jennings and dudes who played in the league that have the personality of a slice of bread, 
I understand why he's on the air. That's all I'm going to say. I, I get it. He, somebody was like, oh, this guy's different. He's crazy and irreverent. You know, it's the same reason, you know, it's the sideshow Bob. Allegory. I'm not even but saying, anyways. I'm not even saying he couldn't be, but he needs some grooming. He, yeah, he does. He, he, need, he, he needs, he needs rough- one or two years of like speech classes and also just being able to collect his thoughts. And I'm not saying right. for him to get thrown into Fox national broadcasts, it's got to be a slap in the face to a lot of people who have been in the industry, who have been doing, who knows what they've been doing, but I'm just going to pick right. ra- random ones, but like minor league baseball games their whole life, all this, and the, probably have a lot of talent. Right. They've got to be, are you kidding me with this junk, <laughs> right? Anyways, who who is your uh, uh, best best? My best in-game, broad, in-game broadcaster could be the same every year. I'm I'm just... I'm always going to ride hard for Joe Buck. Um, I, I adore Joe Buck. Um, he's he's my cup of tea. It's not everybody's cup of tea, um, but I think he's an amazing broadcaster. I think he tells a story as well as anybody beside a Jim Nance that's that's going. I'll right take now, Gus so. Johnson over Joe Buck any day of the week. Gus Johnson's awesome, but I, I wasn't going to pick him. I just I'm a big fan of Joe. Uh, my worst in-game broadcaster, and I actually liked this guy when he was at ESPN, but I don't think that he did a lot of games. Is um, if you have not heard a Fox NFL game being done by Chris Myers this year, you are missing out on what is only can only be described as a verbal train wreck. I this feel dude like he's is, done a lot of Titans games. I, he's done two Lions games and a Cardinals game that I watched. And I mean, this dude is objectively bad. There's usually, it's usually him and Vilma or he'll have the Greg Jennings and Brock Heward combo. Cause I think those guys come together as a pair. Like they've been together forever. For some reason, that's a three man booth. Um, he's just, he's bad. Like he's bad at it. He's seconds behind on stuff and he's not doing it remotely. He's in the stadium, right? He's seconds behind on calls. He will just completely whiff on people's names, call them the wrong name or just not give the name at all. Uh, yeah, it's you know, it's really, funny when really he was jarring. East- it's visually and audio jarring when he's on a game. It's he, really, when he really was at bad. ESPN, I don't recall him doing games. He, he, he I thought he, he did sports center for the most right. part. And really yeah. that, that was his strength. And I thought he was great at it. Right. I, I thought he was, he's what you want from a sports center anchor someone's just going to deliver you the news and that's it right yeah uh, yeah you know he wasn't fluff but he's uh, a weatherman right he's yeah. the weatherman i mean i i was fine with him there so i i guess i'll always give him a pass because i enjoyed him when he was there but uh i can see what you're saying i do know that when i hear him do do the fox games i'm like uh, okay but my I'll I'll start with my worst. Okay, I don't. Nothing makes my skin crawl more than hearing Beth Mowen's live at the game. God, <laughs> at least Kaleeb Talib, Akeem Talib does not have a terrible voice to go along with his hot takes. That's the worst. Who listened to her and said that is a great broadcast voice? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, you tone deaf son of a gun, man. Thanks for hiring her and bring. And now she's showing up at National Football League games. That's what I understand. I thought she was regulated to craptastic 
uh, college football games because we've been so bad over the last several years. I've had to listen to her do Florida State games. I swear she's got a townhome there in Tallahassee. But uh, I was was like, okay, whatever. We suck. We got to deal with this. Nine times out of ten, I just mute her. But then the other day, we're sitting in in a bar watching all the games. But because we were in Jacksonville, she had the Jacksonville, Minnesota game. And oh, it's like nails down like a on a damn chalkboard. I'm like, who <laughs> gave her the microphone and continues to give her the microphone? She's got some dirt on somebody. That's all I know. She's probably a fine person. <laughs> I've never heard anything bad about her. I'm sure she's nice. That doesn't mean I want to hear. My next door neighbor is a really nice guy. I wouldn't want to hear him for three hours drone on. About <laughs> oh, God. The only one. You know what she is? If you've never listened to her, she is the best analogy I can give you is she is, I know who you're talking about. I've heard her voice, but I'm not, I'm oh, not as familiar terrible. with her as you are. She's, she's the Kripke of, of NFL broadcasting or broadcasting. Oh my God. So no, people who I, don't I get know, that reference. So people who, who, who don't know bang, bang theory, the guy that talks with the, with puts the W and everything and it just drives you nuts to even listen to him. She's that. She's the Kripke. I think we might actually start calling that the Kripke Award. But uh, <laughs> she is just terrible to listen to. I can't stand her. Uh, my favorite, I could have gone in a lot of different routes, but because he won the the Ford Award this year, I'm going to go ahead and give it to uh, Al Michaels. Still just top of the class, incredible broadcaster. And he, I'll tell you what, they were asked to do a lot of goofy things and some of the places they had to do ball games at. And with class, yep. he, he kind of laughed it off. Right. You know, I, I could tell you had to pull the reins in on Collinsworth a couple of times. Cause I think Collinsworth <laughs> was, about, was about to give everyone a what for, or how he bl- thought about, you know, these two guys just sitting up way away from everybody away from each other. And they're being forced to wear a mask. And, uh, Al Michaels just has a way to just kind of chuckle it off and go, yeah, well, you know, and they just get, <laughs> just go on about the, about his business. Just, I, I wish he could have stayed with baseball in some capacity, but uh, by far, I will listen to a Sunday night football game in games I don't care about because Al Michaels is doing the game. He's just top of the. And I honestly, I know a lot of people have a problem with him. I think, I think Chris Collinsworth is a great compliment to him. This is coming from someone who's not a Gator fan. Chris Collinsworth is one of my first memories of a Florida Gator football. I I think Collinsworth is really good. We'll see how much uh, people still like the NBC broadcast next year when it's uh, – because by all accounts, I I think that pairing is is coming to an end relatively soon. I mean, that's why they hired Tarico. And I'll be curious if it becomes Tarico and Drew Brees, Tarico and Phil Rivers, like because I don't know that Collinsworth is going to stick around. It, people don't – not everybody knows this, but – the PFF thing, the whole pro football focus, you know, team that they have in Ohio, that's his company. He is insanely wealthy. He does the Sunday night football because he's contracted to do so. And I'm sure he loves the game. They're still paying him, but I'm sure there's a point where he's going to walk away. You know, that's, I, I think seeing his son on the broadcast is, is maybe like his retirement gift or something. So I'll be curious to see how people look back on his career when maybe he just goes off into the sunset like Madden did which I think is coming sooner than people might realize. Are you talking about for, uh, for my, uh, Collinsworth? 
Yeah, yeah, for Collinsworth. Collinsworth and Michaels both. I, I just think well, Michaels you know, is Al's getting up is, there in age. Al Michaels Al's is... Al's in his eighties and Collinsworth has Collinsworth is, is very, very wealthy. The PFF thing was picked up by the NFL and NBC. You know, he's he's I since, do believe he enjoys it though. I do believe he I I think it. he does enjoy it. I just wonder if you know, he's going to stay in the booth with Tariko, who, and, and I like Mike. Mike's, you know, Syracuse graduate guy that's been around for a long time, but he's not Al Michaels. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how, you know, he's, Tariko's he's what we fine. were talking about. He's the weatherman. You know, he's the weatherman. You see he's Tariko, reliable. He's you're there. like, he's fine, but he's, he's right. He's fine. He's, he's not appointment television. Uh, nope. And it's, it's sad, but Al Michaels is a dying breed because I can't think of anyone that's even in his ilk at this point where you're like, you know, the only one was he goes back that far. Not yeah, too there's far behind him. Goes be, back that far. The only one who's even is the same range would be Bob Costas, but he's not that far behind him as far as age either. So it's it's going to be a sad, sad day. Uh, moving on from that, um, see, we did sideline reporter. We did uh, best uh, in game. What am I missing? Because I've got scribbles all over my damn thing. Um, Games overhyped and best game of the year. <laughs> And that's all we got left, correct? That's all I have left on my list, yeah. Okay, cool. Then uh, let's go ahead and hit that. What was your best game of the year? So my best game of the year, uh, it wouldn't be a list for me at the end of the year if there's not some hockey on it. Um, I don't know that this was on everybody's radar the same way it was on mine. Um, but the very, very first game of the Eastern Conference quarterfinals between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Columbus Blue Jackets, which has a lot of a lot of history and a lot of meaning for Tampa Bay Lightning fans, because the previous year they were the number one seed and the Jackets were the number eight seed, and the Jackets beat their brains out in four games and completely swept them out of the playoffs. Their very first game in the bubble was five overtimes, and it was called the endless game as it was happening. It was insane. Uh, August twelfth, I believe, is the date. August twelfth, two thousand twenty, was when the game actually happened. Five overtimes. Um, <laughs> Vasilevsky, I think, stopped a gazillion shots. Elvis Merzlikens, who played for the Columbus Blue Jackets in net that night, I think he stopped like 90 shots <laughs> at the end of the night. Um, Tampa Bay eventually won, obviously went on to win the Stanley Cup. Um, but it was it was awesome for me as a huge hockey fan to see the playoffs actually get started in the bubble and for it to get started with a game like that, that seemed like it was just never going to end. And to see the discourse on Twitter of we should have shootouts in the playoffs. This is why yada, yada, yada. Um, I'm, I'm very much against that. That was my favorite game of the year. That was my best game of the year. Personally. Mine was game four of the world series. Uh, to me, that was, that was the most dramatic ending I've ever seen in a championship format. At the time, <laughs> the series was two to one Dodgers. And <laughs> when they ended up tying the series in game four, it gave life. Now, obviously, the Dodgers went on to win the World Series. But the, the famous play that ended, at, that ended the game where uh, Randy Arizarena comes in diving into home plate after the if you didn't see it I can't do it justice but the but the goofy, yeah no the goofy, pull it up on YouTube please right exactly wait till after the show we'll pull up on YouTube uh the the diving play at the plate him slapping the plate it was just it was an electric ending that was almost seemed improbable impossible and so that's got to be my number one I've thought about some other ones but that that one 
is the one. What was your most? Because I, I already let the cat out of the bag. My over, my most overhyped was that Georgia Alabama game. I have to agree with Justin. What was your most overhyped? Uh, my most overhyped game of the year was actually the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. Uh, San Francisco Kansas City game actually in execution ended up game, being. I was it was a decent game. It, it struck me as very very underwhelming. I expected more fireworks. We eventually did get some Pat Mahomes fireworks, but it took. It took basically three and a third quarters for us to get anything. I think that that pass to Tyree Kill was with like nine or ten minutes left in the game. And the final score gave you the impression that the game was a lot more entertaining and high scoring than it really was. I, I was kind of put to sleep by it. Now, comparing it to the previous Super Bowl, which was the Patriots and the Rams, and was literally the most I've ever struggled through three hours of watching a football game because that game was interminable. Um, it was certainly better than that. But at, since we're talking about 2020, um, there was a lot of buildup for that game, the Kyle Shanahan versus Andy Reid thing, which one of these offensive geniuses is going to come out on top. And for the first three quarters, it was just there were drop passes. There were like missed throws. It was just it just struck me as really underwhelming. I, I expected something more like that famous Chiefs Rams game that took place in Mexico City, where it was like 53 to 48. And it was like a, it was like two kids playing Madden on rookie rookie. I the buildup was that it was going to be something like that. And it just was I damn so near that, gave, that was the first thing that came in my head. I damn near gave my worst coach of the year to Shanahan because he he, he, <laughs> he choked that game away. I mean, you're up. He sure did. You're up twenty to ten going into the fourth quarter, and you give up three touchdowns like that. I mean, that was just absolutely asinine. His play calling was ridiculous. Yep. That he defense, took a he 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 could have rode that defense the entire fourth quarter. Would have been a dull game that you would have complained about. But he could have rode that to to the Super Bowl. He'd have a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> Scorecard don't ask for pictures. Oh, they're throwing sidearm and head. I mean, it was it was like. Uh, Fitzpatrick's head going sideways, except no one had all of his face mask. He was just like, look, Ma, no, look, Ma, no, look, watch this. Um, okay. So that wraps that up. We're going to have to dive into the NFL power five real quick. And then on the other side of the break, we'll get into the playoff scenarios. Um, what's your power five real quick for the, okay. Uh, one through playoffs. five, I'll go really fast. Uh, Casey's still at the top. Nobody's taking them down. Green Bay, uh, is still my number two. Uh, Buffalo's my number three. I almost put Buffalo at number two because if you actually look at their losses, there's a there's a lot of pretty good evidence that they're really much better than three losses. I mean, the Kyler Murray, Hail Mary, and then the other two games they lost were both on on weird weeks that were games were changed multiple times due to COVID. Not not sure, but I, I like them. If there's anybody in the AFC that I think could knock off Kansas City in Kansas City, it's probably Buffalo. Um, New Orleans is my number four, and then Seattle's moved into my number five spot by clinching the West. Um, their defense is getting right at the right time. Uh, I still don't know. I still don't know what to expect out of their offense week to week. They can't run the ball at all. Uh, Wilson's constantly under duress, but as long as you've got fourteen and sixteen back there, and Russell's throwing the ball, they're always going to have a chance. So, by the way, to your point, Mia Kimes was wrong about that because. The Seattle defense has played pretty well the last month. They have. They, they and have. one of the reasons they've gotten pressure on the quarterback. So it's 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 really hard to you know with the pandemic. Uh, you know they're doing a lot of this stuff over Zoom. Like it's going to take weeks right. for these guys to get comfortable with I each other. I just don't feel like that's being talked about a whole lot. 
I always bet on the coach, and I had a feeling by the time we got to this point in the season, Pete Carroll would have him rolling. This now, is usually when he does his work. Yeah, he's I, doing I, his work. I, th- I thought Vrabel would be doing the same thing, but he just doesn't have a pass rush, and it's just it's it's to the point where it's like you mean you mean you mean the eleven million dollar man Clowney isn't any good? You mean he isn't any good? I mean, he isn't any good? I don't know if it's necessarily all his fault. He had a lot of help where he's been elsewhere, so uh, yeah. But he is definitely not a one man show, which most defensive lines aren't. But he's literally a one man show at this point. That defensive line is atrocious. I do. I, I do like the clowning. kid at him. I've hated Clowney for years because he's been he's been strutting and eating dinner off of that one tackle he made against Michigan when he was at South Carolina. And I'm sorry, he is so overrated. He is he stole so that man's overrated. Soul. He did. He, he did steal that man's soul. It's an amazing play. But people think he was really great in Houston. He was always who next did he to hit? Other... Was that Robinson? No, that wasn't Denard Robinson. I'd have to look up the running back's name. It was it was like a backup running back um, that that didn't really ever that do a poor whole lot never that, had a chance. Surprisingly, yeah, no, he ne- he never had a chance. He had no um, chance. But even in Houston, he had Whitney Merciless. He was next to J.J. Watt. He goes to Seattle. He's the left tackle for South Carolina rushers. did did some Ole blocking because I mean he he, <laughs> he almost I th- I think if he would have been focused on it he could have stole the handoff to hell with it in the running back I think he could have stole the handoff. Um, my t- top five same teams, just a little different order: Kansas City, Buffalo, Green Bay at number three, Seattle at number four, and the Saints at number five. I very concerned about the way the Saints if they don't have home field advantage, will play on the road with Drew Brees. If he's got to go into wind, like in, into Green Bay and whatnot, that's that's yeah. my – now, if he can find a way to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs, I'll have a lot of confidence in him, like I did last year when he lost the freaking <laughs> Vikings in the first game. But – Kirk Cousins got him. You yeah. like that? Yeah. <laughs> when it's all said and done, I you, when I look at this, this list – I've got to put the Saints at five and not higher because they have the worst quarterback of any of those teams, and this is still a quarterback league. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into NFL playoff scenarios. We're going to try to squeeze in some college football talk. We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio. We'll be back in about two and two, as old Chuck used to say. Visit Shane Company for meaningful holiday gifts. Our in-house design team creates unique styles of fine jewelry in every price range. Exquisite symbols crafted with superior standards and made to last a lifetime. We have a variety of diamond infinity designs to symbolize your everlasting love. We're also known for our natural and vibrant rubies, which represent enduring passion. Or select a stylish necklace with the stone in her favorite color or her birthstone so you'll always be close to her heart. Our jewelry consultants in the store and online will help you find something beautiful to put under the tree. Your gift will be a symbol of your love that will be treasured forever. Now you have a friend in the jewelry business, Shane Company and Shaneco.com. Open weekdays 10 till 8, Saturday 10 till 5, and Sunday noon till 5. Armchair Quarterbacks Wake Up Show here every morning, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, to blow your mind. 
Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Now what he said, you ignorant wretch. Spanish is worse than your English. Dive into that real quick, Sean, before we get into the NFL scenarios. I'll make sure we cover uh, that and a couple other college football games. Uh, give you give Florida much of a chance of winning, considering they're missing their four top receivers? I do only because I think Mullen's going to turn up the heat on the pass rush. Um, when Spencer Radler has struggled the most this year has been when he's been <laughs> not to, not to be too, uh, flippant with my vocabulary rattled, um, when he's been pressured in the pocket, especially with four down linemen or with a fifth attacker, um, especially some games early in the year. I think the TCU one really sticks out. Um, but they also had the Iowa state game. They had the K state game. Um, they can definitely put up points, right? Oklahoma's going to spread you out. Lincoln Riley is going to do what Lincoln Riley does. But if you can cover those guys just long enough for the down lineman to get into Radler's face and contain him in the pocket, he's he's got the same flaws that all of Lincoln Riley's quarterbacks have. He's a good runner, um, but he isn't the biggest guy in the world. And if you, you smack him in the ribs a couple of times, all of a sudden those passes get a little bit more fluttery and we're doing duck hunt out here. Uh, I think that's Florida's key. I believe a lot in Kyle Trask. I think someone's going to get rich off this dude in the NFL draft. Um, I, he's got a huge arm. I think he's very smart and someone's going to draft him and, and back into a franchise quarterback. So we'll see what he can do with, with a bunch of guys missing. Uh, Pitts is out, right? Pitts is undeclared for the game and yeah, he's he declared for the draft already. Pitts and, uh, three other of their top players, uh, are out. Uh, I, th I think Oklahoma is going to win the game. I, th I had them winning regardless because I felt like Pitts would not play. Because it's very obvious to me, Pitts does not care about Florida winning. If he did, he would have been in that LSU game. Pitts is Pitts, yeah. is, Pitts is worried about Pitts, and so I felt yeah. like he was. Pitts is worried about getting that getting that check. He's on that payday train already. Right. I said this yesterday, but I had Oklahoma all along in the uh, confidence picks. I just didn't have the game up very high. Now I probably would have put it up a few rings, but I still wouldn't have it up super high. So I think Oklahoma is going to get the W. I think they're going to be able to score too many points on that terrible Florida defense. And we'll see, though. A lot of times these Big 12 teams play at a conference and they just get embarrassed. So we will see. If Florida beats them with not having their four best offensive weapons at their avail, then that just tells me a lot of, about uh, what we saw in the Big 12 this year. And the silliness of the playoff committee that constantly had the big 12 champion or, or the big 12 contestants in that top seven or eight 
all year yeah. long. It's just we'll see. In some ways, although I never pull for the University of Florida, it wouldn't hurt me to, to watch the Big Twelve lose yet another bowl game that you're like, what the <laughs> yeah. hell, what the hell are you just doing? see it. Let's see it one more time. Play right. it again, Steve. Uh the other game today, of course, is uh, Wake Forest and Wisconsin. Wake Forest is only a seven-point or seven-and-a-half-point underdog. You give them any chance of winning this game? Because I do not. I think I think Wisconsin's going to mash them. Yeah, uh, Wisconsin, when they're right, and, and obviously we haven't seen, I don't think, the full complement of what Wisconsin's capable of this year just because they played so few games. Um, but if Wisconsin's right and – you know, that quarterback slinging it around. He's the first legitimate quarterback they've had in a long time. And I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, it's going to drive me crazy because uh, I'm going to get it in like four seconds. But um, he's the first legitimate, like, looks ready to play in the pros quarterback I've seen in Wisconsin basically since Russell Wilson was there. And he was only there for a cup of coffee before he went to NC State. Um, I think Wisconsin's going to march all over him. I mean, I only saw Wake Forest twice this year. Uh, once was against Notre Dame, once was against North Carolina, and both times they got housed. <laughs> so, you know, I, I just don't see it. I don't think their program is on that same level um, as a Wisconsin, all things being equal. But you never know. You never know who's who's going to sit out the game for contact tracing, this, that, the other. Who's going to get hurt during the game, right? I think if the Eric King doesn't get hurt last night, Miami maybe wins. So, maybe. You, know, you just I don't, don't know. know. Uh... Miami's defense was terrible, so that was, <laughs> it's really bad, really bad. I mean, we knew that when they got exposed against Clemson in North Carolina. Yep. I'm actually a little surprised. I look, I thought Miami would win that game, but I thought it would actually be much higher scoring than that because Miami hasn't been able to stop running water, and neither is Oklahoma State for that matter. So I'm a little surprised <laughs> we, to, to be honest. To be I didn't honest. see the name. I didn't see the name of the bowl until just now. Can we talk about the Duke's Mayo Bowl? Yeah. What? We're naming bowls after mayonnaise now? Yeah, that's oh, that's been going on for four years. Duke's mayonnaise has, has been. Has it really? Yeah. I forget what it used Holy to be called. Holy You know, it's just like, I mean, the, Jacksonville's become the tax slayer bowl. And it's just, I'm, it's I'm much more of a New Year's Day. I'm a New Year's Day bowl guy. Like unless Michigan's playing in it, I usually don't pay much attention before then, or unless I have a real reason to watch the game because I care about one university or the other. I usually don't pay much attention to the names. But I, I'm sorry, I just saw that and it, it just completely tripped my funny bone. It was like the Mayo Bowl. That's, that's I mean, I knew the one last night. One of the ones last night was the Cheez It Bowl. Was that the Miami Oklahoma State one? Which is just funny. Um, the Cheez It Bowl, but because <laughs> you know cheese it's bowl yeah. whatever but mayonnaise mayonnaise isn't something i think of when i think of college football so i'm really I, surprised we've I, never I, seen uh some of the cereal companies jump to the yeah the captain front. crunch bowl right yeah that would make sense you know just <laughs> like, or even pick. or even like the general mills but you know because they sell so much stuff it's a, it's a little surprising but yeah, they. Uh, That's a great idea. What we what we really need is like army and somebody to play in the grape nuts bowl, and you know the advertising could be this one's going to be all about the runs. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> ah, let's move. That would that. <laughs> let's move on. That I would probably call the Taco Bell roll bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and coming up after. Pepto-Bismol presents. <laughs> <laughs> Pepto-Bismol presents. Uh, Graham Mertz was the quarterback that you were trying to think of. Graham Mertz. That's it. Thank you. 
Uh, I couldn't find it. I didn't want to spend time looking for it either. Real quick before we go to NFL, you give any chance of there being an upset in the college football playoffs this weekend? You know, I I didn't pick anything in our uh, in our little Capital One Bowl mania. I actually just saw how far I was behind, so I just made Florida uh, my 25 because I don't think anybody took them. So I'm just going to – hey, I need the points. Why not? Let's see if I can gain gain an edge here. Um, if I was going to bank on anyone, it would be Ohio State shocking Clemson. I, I As much as I love the fighting Irish, because um, I am an Irishman, despite all the Michigan stuff, um, I was raised with both. I don't see them. I mean, Alabama is a, a 10,000 pound bulldozer at this point, and they're just mauling folks. And I, I don't give Notre Dame any chance at all. Um, I give Ohio State a better chance against Clemson. So you got Ohio State better chance of beating. I'm actually going to lean the other way only because mm. Notre Dame's a physical team. And Notre Dame, sure. now granted, everything's got to go their way. Okay. Yeah. They can't yeah. go out there and turn the ball over three or four times and go, oh, we'll get back in this nope. game. No, you will not, sir. They turn the ball over once it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, unless Alabama just does un-Alabama type things like turn. if Alabama turns the ball over four or five times. But Notre Dame has a lot of NFL talent. People haven't watched them this year. They've got four or five players on the team that I say not only will start, but will be stars on Sunday. So mm-hmm. that's why I get, but th- their depth is going to get to them. I don't believe in Justin Fields. And I know we got a close game last year, <laughs> but you just gave Dabo Sweeney an entire year to, to watch tape, to get ready for this idiot again. And, they have made too big of a deal, Sean, out of the fact that he didn't have him in his he didn't have Ohio State in his top ten in his coaches' rankings. They made this huge deal that Dabo Sweeney did not put in the final rankings that he had mm-hmm. uh, Ohio State ranked number eleven. They've made too yeah. big of a deal out of that. And they've asked him about it, and he gave his reasonings. And I'm telling you, if he gets a chance. He's going to jam that hammer down, man. He's going to rub your <laughs> nose all in that. And Dabo is a lot of things, but forgiving he's not. And he he is the type. He's a very small person in a lot of ways. And he, is, yeah. he carries grudges. He carries grudges. And that's going to be something that uh, I think Ohio State's going to rue. Um Who's the, who's the better who's the better NFL quarterback in five years, Justin Fields or Dwayne Haskins? <laughs> I'm really I'm, I'm getting such a kick out of this Haskins stuff, man. You just have no idea. I haven't been this entertained by an Ohio State quarterback since Terrell Pryor. I never thought I'd reach this high ever again. But brace yourself. I almost want to do that Game of Thrones meme. Brace yourself because the combines are coming, and you're going to get <laughs> the talking schmucks by ESPN and whatnot that are going to get there and tell you how great Justin Fields is. And he's a legit Mel Kuyper Jr. is going to tell you how he's can't miss, can't miss prospect. <laughs> Saying the same thing about Dwayne Haskins. Said the same thing about Cardell Jones. Said the same thing about Jamarcus Russell. Said the same thing about Jeff George. I mean, <laughs> you watch some players. It's a long list. And out of all of those, Justin Fields throws the worst. He aims the ball. I've I've seen, I've, just, I've seen it too much. I'm like, my God, it's almost like he's like. He's got like, a long delivery too. He looks. He's got like a very long never, delivery. Have you ever seen someone 
who's never played darts before th- throw their first dart board. <laughs> yeah. That's what he looks like every, on every pass. He's like, eh, if I just lean into it, yeah. That hit the wall. That didn't hit the thing. Yeah, we, yeah, we know. We know. We know. We know. <laughs> it actually stuck into the floor. He actually didn't hit the wall. It's just he, he, he is – he's he, – the other quarterbacks, you see him, they rock it and they throw it. They rock it and throw it. They may not be a 1,000% accurate, but there's – it feels like he's trying to think it out. He's a running quarterback. And – He's he's a good college quarterback, but that's that's where it ends. As far as it goes. All right, well, let's switch gears over into the NFL. You know, there's a lot of good college games on uh, this weekend. By the way, real quick, I'll run them over for y'all: Georgia, Cincinnati, Auburn, Northwestern, A&M, North Carolina, Ole Miss, Indiana. That should be a fun one. Oregon, Iowa State. Mm-hmm. So we've got a lot of good college football, but man. We never have enough time on this show to talk about what we want and need to talk about. Let's go ahead and get into the NFL, the, the playoff scenarios. What's the first game that jumps out at you as far as with all the scenarios that are going on? What game are you uh, dialed in first on? So, obviously, the number one game that will be on in my household will be um, taking place at the same time, right? You've got the Tennessee Titans versus the Houston Texans. That game that game is, is I think, being very, very overlooked by a lot of people. I haven't heard enough chatter about it because if Houston wasn't being run by an interim coach who's you know kind of a dunce and has been around the league for a long time, they had a pretty good chance at winning that game in Nashville the last time they played, right, and let the Titans back into the game late. Titans eventually win in overtime. Um, Deshaun Watson is, you know, uh, one of the at least seven best quarterbacks we have in the league. I don't know, you know, how anybody feels about his weapons, but that's a game the Titans can easily lose. And Indianapolis is hosting Jacksonville. Um, Jacksonville, as, as we previously discussed for multiple weeks now, is literally playing for nothing. They have locked up everything they care about. I'm sure they're going to trot out Mike Glennon and their B team again, just like they did last week. And Indianapolis should roll over them. If they don't, they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. That's the number one scenario as far as I'm concerned. Uh, The Ravens, you know, Cincinnati pulled a great upset against Pittsburgh. You know, that was basically their Super Bowl. Um, Showed a lot of fight last week and beating the Texans. But they're not on the Ravens level. Um, That Brown-Steelers game is, I'm sure that's the national game at noon. Um, So there's a lot of scenarios. I think the most likely outcome is probably that the Miami Dolphins, you know, end up missing the playoffs, which sucks. I, I don't want to see that because I really like this Dolphins team, but they seem the most likely to lose and things seem the most likely to fall out of their favor. Um, if everybody else wins, they would have to beat the Buffalo Bills, who maybe don't have a lot to play for, but I, I think they want that two seed. I think they want to hold on to that two seed. By the way, I'm going to tease this real quick. Our turn back time and birthdays. Dude, something was in the water exactly nine months ago today. <laughs> in a lot of years, because I normally I'm hunting for people. To, there's some all timers born on this day, so we'll we'll do that in a minute. Uh, I'm like, man, he was born. He was born. He was born then too. What the hell? And we're talking about decades apart. It's like wasn't just in one area of the country or something. It's it's just insane. Uh, the so. I think the, t- the Texans have a better chance of winning that game had Watts not shot his mouth off. And that has been went viral yesterday. Him shooting his mouth off. And you didn't see what he did? 
No, oh, I didn't. Did, I was working most this, of the day. He did this. Well, I was too, but you know how I do. <laughs> I got three monitors, and you know I'm seeing, I'm reading everything while I'm getting yelled at uh, by my boss. Are you paying attention? Oh yeah, I'm on it. I'm on it. I get super, super, super on it. On it. What are we talking about? <laughs> if you could just repeat that last sentence because I didn't hear it. <laughs> You try to piece together, <laughs> piece together what the hell the context of that was. Uh, that could have, I think, a reverse effect. He he just did a big rah rah speech, and if we're four and eleven, and if you're not ready to play, what are you doing here? And rah rah rah, and he did it. And, you know, oh oh, I thought you meant Deshaun Watson. You mean JJ Watt's speech? I saw JJ yeah, Watt's speech. Yeah, J. Okay J. okay, sorry. Sorry, was just, I misunderstood you. And I'm sure everyone in the locker room is like, would you shut up? Like, you're the reason why <laughs> we suck anyways. Because we, we're stuck with your contract. You're, you're a shadow of your former self. And you're right. going, let's go get out there and get him. Giving a big Rudy speech to professional athletes. Um, and I don't think that it's out of the wrong possibility that Houston wins that game. But nope. I think Tennessee... Uh, is going to, first of all, they're going to be licking their wounds a little bit. National television embarrassment against the Packers. Embarrassment. They, yeah, they look like that they had never played in snow, and it took until the third <laughs> quarter to actually look like a football team. By that time, it was too late for people that missed that game. I still think Tennessee's a pretty darn good football team. They just was shell-shocked out there in the snow. Which shocked me. I think I'm like, it snows in Tennessee. It's This is not something out of the wrong possibility. But... I'm I'm sure you talked about it on Monday. I think Green Bay is just I mean, Green Bay could easily win the NFC. They could walk through the NFC, in my opinion. Um, they look so dialed. They look so dialed in right now. Um, Especially because Rogers, if they Adams, win this Sunday, they're going to get the get the nod, get the home field, right? Yeah. So everybody's that's going to be it's going to be so hard to beat them in. I mean, I think we we might finally get what I think a lot of people have been looking for, which is a Rodgers versus Mahomes showdown in the Super Bowl, yeah, which would be a lot of which fun. would be whoo, that'd be a hoop. The one good thing is we know we're not going to get is the 49ers in there, <laughs> so we're not going to get a dud in there who can't move the ball. So that so that'll be fun to watch. Uh, you mean yeah. you're not cheering for? You're not cheering for a Mitchell Trubisky versus Josh Allen Super Bowl? <laughs> no Chicago Buffalo for you. Well, not Chicago. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Josh Allen in there because that would be electric as well. But I think there's the most likely scenario is Kansas City or Buffalo going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I agree. Playing up against most likely Aaron Rodgers, but I could see a scenario where Seattle sneaks in there. Maybe yeah. even the Saints. The Saints are going to have to get home field. Um Kamara's not rattling off six touchdowns every game. It's just not going to happen. So that you no. got to – and realistically, the AFC to me is more balanced. So the, the upset is more likely to happen there. And the NFC, I feel like it's so top-heavy that, yep. you know, I mean, the four seed's going to be the Washington football team. I mean, come on. What the <laughs> hell are we talking about here? Um <laughs> Everyone's fighting. I can Everybody's fighting to get in the five seed. They're like, oh, you got to play on the road. Don't give a damn. <laughs> you know, let's get I can't. There. I can't wait to see if we get a man. If we get like a 
Tampa Bay versus Dallas game. Like the action, the action on that in in sports books is going to be nuts. Yeah, you're right. There's a very, there's a very good chance that Tom Brady's going to get to play the, the NFC East. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's a W. <laughs> I tell you that. Right that's, now. That's, I don't give a damn who what, makes it. That is a W. Because <laughs> Tom Brady. That is what. It, let's say it's the Giants or the Redskins, and you get cold weather. Tom Brady ain't scared of no cold weather. They're not going to pull the Tennessee <laughs> no. Titans. He's going to say, everyone nope. needs a man up. We need y'all to sleep outside this week so you're used to this. Um, <laughs> I d- don't put it out of the realm possibility of Jacksonville putting a scare on the Colts either because they no longer have to tank. See, that's the worst sure. possi- That's the worst scenario that could have happened to the Colts is the Jags locking up the number one pick. Right. If I'm Jacksonville, they haven't released it, but if I'm Jacksonville, I'm starting Minshew. I said this yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm starting Minshew, seeing how well he can possibly play and maybe raise his trade value a little bit. Right? Yep. That's um, possible. Because you, you can't go into next year with Minshew on your on your team. You can't. You either have to trade no. him or no. release him. You cannot have him because if you have him, there's going to be there's going to be that one schmuck in the stands wearing jorts <laughs> and you know, you know wife and a wig yeah and you, the, you and, the, and you, got the Fu Manchu on going put Manchu in yeah. man let's go man sunshine go. come on sunshine come. ain't no good he got long hair yeah. get him out of here come on Uncle Rico you know it's just always going to be that one <laughs> chucklehead it's going to be screwing everything up. Um, <laughs> The you know the, the the other games of interest uh the there's even though there's a lot of question marks on who's gonna play, there's not a lot of great matchups this week. Right. So the one that has me circled the most is the Cardinals Rams. Okay. I was because, gonna mention that if you didn't. That's a good one. Because the Cardinals Rams I would have given the Rams the nod, but my God, they're not going to have two of their best players on the field now. Possibly. Right. They're most likely, in all likelihood, they're not going to have Jared Goff. So they might even have, have Blake Bortles out there at some point. You, know, you don't like that. And then Cooper Cup, a guy who would be perfect for having your backup quarterback in there having to move the chains, he's in the protocol. He may or may not make it to Sunday. And Henderson's out, so they're only rolling into the game with Malcolm Brown at running back. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, say, they're saying Acres could play, but I'm not. It's not sounding like it. Um, no. And so the winner of that game's going to get into the playoffs, and the loser has to sit out and see what happens. And at the same time, Chicago's playing the Bears, or Chicago's playing the Packers, hosting the Packers. Packers want to lock up home field, but may not you know, may not need it, you know, um, if the Saints go into Carolina and lay a dud, which is, look, Carolina's a, a competent football team, right? They can beat anybody on any given week. I don't know that they will beat the Saints, but these are all happening at the same time. These are all 325 Central games. So it's going to be some interesting scoreboard watching all day, and then you go into the night, and I'm not super excited to watch that Washington-Philly game, but the winner of the Dallas Giants game, if Philly beats them, is in the playoffs. So there's going to be there's going to be intrigue. I can't remember, and I know we alluded to this in text when we texted earlier in the week, that I can recall a week 17 where there's been this much at stake. This is a real credit to the expansion of the playoffs, regardless of how you feel about that, that week 17 means something because usually it's kind of like a, eh, you know, 
There's one division up for grabs. There's one playoff berth up for grabs. There's like 22 possible outcomes this week. We don't That's usually why for get years that. years when I, when, when I would pitch the seven-team idea and I would get scoffed at, I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, you're going to increase the, the interest. And the yeah. fact that you don't, and then the, I would always get someone come back. Well, then just go go to eight. And go, no, if you go to eight, then the interest is lost. Half of the conference is in. If we had eight in right now, the Saints, the Packers, and the Seahawks would be resting everybody this week. Yep, nothing everybody. to play for. Now all we have is realistically the only ones that are resting are the Chiefs because they've wrapped they've wrapped up home field, and the Steelers who figure. What the hell? Even if we win, we don't control anything. So what's the point? Right. Let's get our guy. Right. I'm still a little surprised. I don't know about you. I'm a little surprised because as bad as they've played until the the second half against the Colts, I right. thought they I thought they would want the entire team out there playing. You would have thought. <laughs> I mean, they're going to take the week off. I guess he figures they're all professionals, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But. I'm a little surprised that they're going to go all Mason Rudolph about it and uh, basically give their their arch rival uh, a pass into the playoffs. I guess their thought process, if you know, without being inside Tomlin's head, is we're fused into the three spot, right? We really, we really can't. I mean, we could get to two if we win and Buffalo loses, um, but we can't start. drop any lower than three. So we're gonna play. We're gonna play one of the following teams: Miami, Indianapolis, Cleveland, Tennessee, you know, Baltimore. Right? Three of these teams we've played this year. Tennessee, we're pretty familiar with. Miami would kind of be a wild card, but we can prepare for them. It's going to be at home. There's not really any home field advantage this year in most locations. So what the heck? You know, rest Ben. But they've played. I, so I mean, I get it over the last month. Yeah, is it, so, so, they so, have. So, and, so, so that's and, my point. It's not that I get all that. I would have at least started them for the first half. I'd have been like, I, I want to see too. three or four really good drives. I want to see some stuff. And then we'll pull you out at halftime because I don't really care if we win the game. But this is the best practice we could have between now and the next game. And I guess it's yep. because it really comes down to the fact that they know they're going to have to play the following week and they're just wanting to rest up. Maybe Ben Roethlisberger's hurt, and they're not letting on to that. Who knows? But I, I, I was very, very surprised. It is time to turn back time and uh, birthdays, and then we'll do our walk-offs. So here we go. Uh, there we go. Oops. If I could turn back time if I could find a way, I'd take back those On this date in 1973, 47 years ago, the Miami Dolphins beat the Oakland Raiders 27-10 in the AFC Championship game, beating uh, John Madden and his Oakland Raiders. The Dolphins would go on to win the Super Bowl again, back-to-back -back championships. Remember, this is the second leg of the first leg being their undefeated season in 72. So that was 47 years ago today, and the Dolphins have not won a Super Bowl since. Only been to one since then. Birthdays! This is the one you're going to go, what? Say, what? It's your <laughs> birthday today. Okay. What does that mean? I Happy 85th birthday. 
to Mr. Sandy Koufax. Yeah. Born in Brooklyn, New York, seven-time All-Star, World Series winner in 1955, 59, 63, and 65. He also threw a, a no-hitter. I mean, excuse me, a perfect game. And then also remember, he's won three Cy Young awards. A lot of people believe that he is the greatest left-handed pitcher of all time. Also born on this day in 1975, Mr. Eldrick Tiger Woods. A lot of people believe he is the greatest golfer of all time. And then just nine years later, happy 36th birthday to Mr. LeBron James. Oh. Some people try to argue that he's the greatest basketball player of all time. I'm not going to get into that today. But those are three significant names in the world of sports that uh, were all born on this day. And that's why you can't give up on Carson Wentz yet. Happy 28th birthday to him. <laughs> and who's one of the guys becoming one of my favorite uh, broadcasters. I enjoyed him during during this season. I forget for who he was broadcast for. A.J. Perzinski is 44 uh, uh, today. So, um, wow. I mean, three huge names in the history of sports were born on this day. <laughs> Loaded. Un- unbelievable. What is your walk-off, sir? My walk-off is two weeks from today, the return of the National Hockey League with a triple header. We will talk more about that in the coming weeks. Uh, for NBA fans like myself, uh, tonight, Portland against the L.A. Clippers. That is uh, very, very interesting, given all the yakety-yak between those two teams last year in the bubble, Damian Lillard versus Pat Beverly and all the playoff P side of the backboard stuff. That's 9 o'clock Central. Um, and since I won't see anybody between now and then, go Michigan. Playing Maryland at Maryland tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. Uh, the Wolverines and Jawan Howard still undefeated, 7-0. I don't know how long it's going to last, but they're still 7-0. So keep it going, boys. My my walk off is we got the Wake Forest uh, Wisconsin game at noon. That's fine and dandy, but I am looking forward to the Peach Bowl tonight. No, not 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 Peach Bowl, Cotton Bowl tonight between the Florida Gators and Oklahoma Sooners. I think that should be a lot of fun. And then we've got a lot of games going on over the next several days. And tomorrow it is a packed show. We're gonna have Timus Wooten, Tony Agolini, and Justin in the first hour. I'm going to try to squeeze in somehow. Uh, and then in the second hour, we're going to have Matt Carr and Joey Ariola. If y'all haven't listened to Joey Ariola yet, he comes out of Chicago and big time NBA guy. Of course, Matt, Matt Carr is a big NBA fan. So I think we're going to talk a lot of NBA tomorrow for, for folks, at least in that first uh, half hour. And he's also a big Colts fan. So uh, a lot of interest you have, he has so. You might want to tune into that as well. He, he's really, really uh, has done a good job, as everybody does, but I uh, just want to give a shout-out to him. So, packed, and it's the last show of the year, obviously, because tomorrow is New Year's Eve, and we will, in programming note, we will not have a show uh, on uh, Friday because New Year's Day. If you think I'm going to be able to get half these guys out of bed on New Year's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Not happening. Throw some Tylenol down and some orange juice. Let's go. Oh, no, dude. All right, brother. <laughs> Great job. We'll see you uh, next Wednesday. Next week. See you next Wednesday, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another 
show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same bat time, same bat channel. Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day. Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today. And don't forget to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download, and you can take us anywhere you go. You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another cigarette, please. If you haven't downloaded it yet, your Armchair Quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today. Google Android, Apple iPhone. That's right, download it, tap that app today. You can take the Armchair Quarterbacks app anywhere. Free to download, free to use, and important to have. Download it today. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. The best in Southeast sports talk. Listen live or catch the replay. I kind of like that. I want to tap that.